What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. I'm Dan Malin, joined by James Grande. We are recapping week 17 of the fantasy football season. This is the two-minute drill. Grande, a lot of champions were crowned. A lot of losers were also, I guess, uh, not crowned. Uh, I lost some leagues in the championship, but I did win two championships. And I actually think this might be my last season playing like just regular season fantasy football. I am all for transitioning to DFS next season. But did you win any leagues? No, I was very underweight um, seasonal. Uh, My home league, I had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. um, First round of the playoffs was his worst game of the year. Jamar Chase had one catch for like negative yards. And they've been the best duo in the <laughs> last awesome. two weeks ever. Yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, I finished just outside the top 10 in the Raz Bowl again. Uh, Scott Fishbowl playoffs. But, no, I didn't. Does I, John, John and Pemba and I did a Rotowire Championship League. We were cooked very early in the year. Um, I was very underweight on football this year, Dan. Uh, it was the first year I've been very underweight. Um wasn't my favorite off season. Wasn't my favorite season to begin <clears throat> with. Um, Traffic and all that stuff. Yeah, I just I I just didn't uh, heavily invest financially. Didn't heavily invest. You know, I, I've never been one. I I really like industry leagues. Obviously, I'm very appreciative for all the the people that run industry leagues. And and but I don't like playing for free, you know, unless it's an industry league. And um, I also didn't want to really invest, especially considering how much it is to just invest in a, in the Rotowire championships. Um, it's a lot of money. So I felt like, you know, just with that and, and a couple of my, like my home league, I invested enough. So I didn't win any championships this year. Didn't play in many leagues to win championships. Um, had some good outcomes in the leagues I did play, but uh, no chips for me this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I won two, but I didn't win the ones that I cared, I guess, m- the most about. Um, so happy to take home a couple titles. I do think that, <clears throat> kind of with you, like uh, it was, it was an unpleasant season at times, a little annoying, um, just with all the COVID stuff. But like, I was just so into DFS this year, and I still yep. am, like heading into the playoffs, like. I think that's just where I'm going next year. Um, but who knows? My uh, my mind could change. My appetite could be different uh, when July rolls around. But we are giving out fantasy superlatives this week for the 2021 season. We'll kick it off with you, fantasy MVP. Who is the uh, who's the best fantasy player in your eyes? I mean, I think I think the chalk pick here and is Cooper Cup and that's where I'm going um I mean if you look up and down the uh Cooper Cup's game log if you just watched Cooper Cup develop his rapport with Matthew Stafford this year um it was special still is special considering there is one week left and considering there is a lot on the line for Cooper Cup uh you know not necessarily like you know it's just like a legacy thing, right? Like he has all these records he could possibly break in week 18. Um, but I mean, leads the league in receptions, has 184 targets, has 1800 yards, has 15 touchdowns. This is, this is out of control. Um, so I'm going to go Cooper cup as my fantasy MVP. And especially considering where he was drafted this year, right? This wasn't wide receiver one, two, three, four, right? Um, 
So Cooper Cup is just far and away has been the best fantasy asset on a week-to-week basis. Even his worst targeted game this year, Dan. Seven targets last week. 95 yards in score. So, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's just... It's just that's okay. Been, yeah, that's okay, right? That's, that's I mean, yeah, that's bad right. for Cooper. That's bad for Cooper <clears throat> Cup, honestly. Just eight or... What, uh, what is it? Third, 15, 21 fantasy points? Scrub? Um... But yeah, Cooper Cup is my pick uh, for fantasy MVP. Uh, mine, I'll go probably with the second most popular option. Uh, Jonathan Taylor did get off to like I guess a relatively quiet start to begin the year. Um, week one, you know, he had 56 yards rushing, six catches for 60 yards. You know, he was he was doing okay with like a good floor. Right. Um, but even weeks two and three, there were people that were concerned because he only had two catches between those games. 115 total rushing yards. So weeks one through three, he didn't even find the end zone. But from week three up until this point, he has scored 20 times, 18 on the ground. He has scored in 12 of the last 13 weeks of the season. He's rushed for 100 yards. Let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, ten times. Um, he was 9-0, and or the Colts were 9-0 and when he had rushed for at least 100 yards. Uh, up until yesterday when uh, he rushed for 108 in a losing effort. So ESPN can do away with that stupid stat. Um, <laughs> but it, at at a heavily, at an injury-prone position like the running back spot, uh, Taylor stayed healthy, uh, carried a lot of people to championships this season, had a, had a phenomenal year. Um, it helps that he plays behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, um, now has – 32 total touchdowns, 29 on the ground through two years. So uh, for 2021, Jonathan Taylor is my uh, fantasy football MVP. Uh, who is your waiver wire grab of the year? Um, so it's funny because the guy that I'm going to choose, a lot of people, I remember, I believe if we went back, Dan, and, and listened back to our waiver, like, you know, we always did a section earlier in the year where it was like we bring up a couple names, and I'm pretty sure this guy we like poo pooed, like, mm-hmm. or maybe we didn't. I'm sure you wrote him up in your waiver column, but I'm sure there wasn't very like great reviews uh, initially. And this is Cordero Patterson, who, you know, has <clears throat> been a special return man throughout his career. Has been a every so often make a big play like receiving option. (laughs) And then suddenly last year he like becomes a running back. And this year he was special in, in both rushing and receiving. Unfortunately, the last few weeks he was like, for whatever reason, completely iced out of the Falcons attack. And I don't know what the reason was that or was for that. Um, But when you're getting him, this is how he finished here. And this stinks because Earlier in the year, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games of five or more targets. He finished the year with six targets in his last three games. Um, so obviously, you know, I am picking him still not the strongest finish. Could have been stronger. He finished. Um, we are recording as Monday Night Football is going on. Uh, RB7, Dan. RB freaking seven for Cordero freaking Patterson. Um Quite the resurgence. You don't see 31-year-olds or thir- soon-to-be 31-year-olds do this um, very often. And it's because his dual threat ability, um, and and I do think a lot of people, and including myself, are in the year, didn't believe it. 
did not believe it. And shame on me. Shame on all of us. Uh, CPAT, Cordell Patterson uh, is my waiver wire pickup of the year. I'm going to take a guy who he didn't contribute all season long as much as Cordero Patterson. But if you grabbed him late November, early December, he's really come through and led a lot of teams to a championship. Uh, not bad for a fourth round pick in last April's draft. I'm going with Amon Ross St. Brown of, of all teams, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Who, Shout out Tim Boyle. Shout out Tim Boyle. Yeah, which is mind blowing because like he's done it with like he didn't even do like some of this damage with Jared Goff. You like you look at Who's his game. Also off. stinks. Who also stinks, by the way. Like he's playing with like really crappy quarterbacks. Yeah, like he could be like the the next <laughs> Allen Robinson, and we'll get to him shortly. But like we talked for for like the last couple seasons about how A Rob was. Uh, it didn't matter who his quarterback was, you know. But like. You know, ARSB, St. Brown, five straight games with double-digit targets. At, like, he's had either 11 or 12 in his last five games. Uh, in that span, he had, I think, 43 catches. He has five touchdowns, including two in Week 17, to lead to help get many people uh, to a fantasy football championship. I, I He definitely was uh, that late-season grab that really gave a lot of teams a nice push. If you somehow had him with... Rashad Penny and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow this season, or this this past week in particular. Congratulations, because you probably won your league solely with those four. So uh, he wasn't, he didn't contribute, like I said, all year long, like Cordell Patterson did. But if you added him late November, early December, Elmon Ross St. Brown definitely helped you win a championship. Um, I want to see where he is currently. So going into Monday Night Football, and to your point, right? To your point. He did not finish before week eight. He finished outside of the top 33 every single week, only twice inside of the top 55. He didn't score his first touchdown until December. The last five weeks, Dan, wide receiver, 6-26-6-6-2. So you know what? You don't need necessarily your guy to have the longevity. Like Cordero Patterson – had the longevity probably longer than Amon Ross St. Amon Ross St. Brown, but who won the championship for you, Dan? Yeah, St. Brown, right? Um, St. Brown, because if you play Cordero Patterson this week, I'm sorry, he you, you played yourself, as DJ Khaled would say. Uh, fantasy football rookie of the year. Who do you got? It is very hard to go against two names. One is the guy that you are choosing. And then one is the guy I'm choosing. Now, yours is more flashy, um, as I hear my son on the, uh, my son waking up, I believe. Uh, it, you know, that's good. Um, <laughs> shout out to you not sleeping for the night. Um, it's gonna be, gonna be one of those nights, Dan. Um, but I'm gonna go Najee Harris here. And it wasn't a great year by, by any stretch. Um, averaging below four yards a carry is never fun, like never a great thing in, in fantasy football, but where he lacked in efficiency, he just made up for in pure volume, um, 268 carries going into Monday night football, 87 targets. We have a a chance at a hundred targets, um, in his final two games this year. So where he did, you know, Kind of what we expected, right? Bad offensive line, but we knew he was going to get the volume. 
Nine total touchdowns, 1,400 scrimmage yards. Um, I'm going to go Najee Harris, uh, workhorse, one of the few early-round running backs that really paid off from, from start to finish this year. Uh, I'm leaning Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, if I took the – if I just discussed Amon Ross St. Brown, who was number two – uh, last week or this past week, then I'm going to lean the guy who was number one this past week. Jamar Chase <laughs> blew up. Uh, if if he, he was this year's Alvin Kamara. Remember Kamara last year at five touchdowns in a game, easily led people to a championship. If you had Jamar Chase, I'd be stunned if you did not win your championship. Um, it's funny because in my big league, uh, the two teams in, in our toilet bowl like absolutely went off because one of them actually had Jamar Chase. <laughs> and then myself and the other guy in the championship had horrific weeks. Um the irony of being in the championship and having an awful right. week compared to the toilet bowlers. But anyway, uh, he had 11 catches on 12 targets for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Joe Burrow said it best, you know, screw it. Jamar's down there somewhere. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. I was one of the people that <clears throat> I was one of two people this past offseason. <laughs> one, I was actually happy that the Bengals uh, drafted Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. You've been you've been all over that on Twitter from yeah. uh, from the start of the year. Type in Dan, type in Dan's Twitter handle, and then type in Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell, and you'll see what he's what we're talking about. But I'll also acknowledge that I was also one of the people that was deeply disturbed and worried about his uh, ability heading into the year when he was. <laughs> Catch the poop. I under, well, I understand. Like I understand. Like in the preseason, the preseason is one thing. It's like yeah, he was dropping a lot of passes. And I was a little worried, but I loved it. I loved where he was falling in his ADP because we thought like Tyler Boyd might be right. the best value of like these Bengals right. wide receivers. And then as Jamar Chase's value just kept dropping, like Chase emerged as clearly with 79 catches for 1,429 yards and 13 touchdowns. <laughs> he he was phenomenal. Uh, he is he, he's just, he's the fantasy my fantasy rookie of the year. Uh, I know he should probably be the NFL's offensive rookie of the year, either yeah. him or Jalen Waddle or even Najee Harris. Um, but let's move on. <laughs> Fantasy football busts. You have a few that you're lumping all together, and I can see why. Yeah. Um, first off, I just did you see the clip uh, going back to Chase yesterday when he found out that he had more receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards? He was like, What? He's like, No way. He's like, Really? Oh, he goes, oh, shit. Oh, sorry. Part of my language. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, it was great. Like, just so wholesome. Like, good for Jamar Chase. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, I thought it was – I made a joke out of it beginning of the year with the football thing, how, you know, he thought – he said footballs were different, but clearly it doesn't matter what kind of football is thrown at him. He's going to catch it. Uh, I remember remember when he was drafted, he just declared, like, I'm going to break every Bengals receiving record. Yeah, well, he's breaking NFL records. He didn't need yeah. to stop at uh, he didn't need to stop necessarily at <clears throat> Bengals records, um, because uh, the the fact that people were saying there's going to be no, uh, is no chance anyone could replicate last year's Justin uh, Justin Jefferson. Well, yeah, that's because he was better than last year's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> um, uh, so my bus, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flat out say I'm gonna go to the Denver receiving core, Dan. And like you said, there's a couple because. This is something that I, I, I've kind of struggled with this year because I had a lot of shares in best ball. That was really where I, I made a lot of my fantasy. I did a lot of best ball drafts this year. Um, didn't That's have a, a lot format of I need to get into. You do. It's a lot of it's a so much fun. And for us people on the move 24 seven, you don't have to do anything ever again. You draft it you and you forget it. 
forget that it ever exists until you like, oh, yeah, I had a good week in best ball this week. I got however many teams in the playoffs. Um, 100% need to get into best ball. Um, I had a lot of shares of Denver receivers, mainly Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy. Some Tim Patrick, because I am high on Tim Patrick. I think he's much better than where he's slotted on this team. I mean, he was technically their fourth receiver when KJ Hamler was healthy to begin the year. But we saw Teddy Bridgewater one year ago in an offense that apparently Joe Brady wasn't good enough to even be in the NFL, support two 1,000-yard receivers, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. This year, he couldn't support anybody. Anybody. He was horrible from the start of the year. Um, and I get it. Like, oh, great, 67% completion percentage. Oh, 18 touchdowns. He was all to Sutton early when Judy was out. Melvin Gordon caught touchdowns. Javante Williams caught touchdowns. Right now, going into week 18, Cortland Sutton has 760 yards, Dan, on 95 targets. The guy on the in the beginning of the year, we were like, holy crap, this was the best value of the draft. Cortland Sutton has 160 receiving yards in a game. Every game that he played with Jerry Judy was a nightmare, um, and vice versa. And I, I, I just... I hope Denver doesn't make this mistake again with, like, maybe we could trust your luck or let's go out and get a game manager. And obviously, you know, maybe it feels like they were hoping Aaron Rodgers would choose them uh, in the offseason. But, boy. Do you not think that could happen happen this offseason? Um, I think that if Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay go on to win the Super Bowl, I don't think he's leaving. Fair? If he I wins the Super Bowl, I don't think he leaves. But what's the incentive? I still think he could. He, I think, here's the thing. He, him and Devontae kind of hold all the cards. Because if they're like, yeah. yo, let's go back to Green <clears throat> Bay and do it all over again. Because we have the pieces. Now we have a rock-solid defense. We have a two-headed running uh, back attack that, like, nobody's going to be able to stop. Look, at, have you seen A.J. Dillon's quads? Like, this is their backup right now. <laughs> it's like, they are in a really good spot to be really good. But they do hold the chips, like Adams and, and Rodgers. He could go to Denver. I mean, Russell Wilson could go to Denver, right? But will Sierra want to be in the Colorado market? I don't know. She wanted to go to, like, she wanted to force a trade to the Giants, the rumors were earlier this year. Um, so, you know, will Russell Wilson put Sierra's career on hold? You have to find out next. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think. I, I, they need something different. Locke is not the answer. Whether he has these like random big games every year, didn't have it this year. And in Bridgewater's nothing more than game manager, and he proved it. And he cannot support the weapons that Denver has. I could have probably thrown Noah Fant in there too, um, who wasn't terrible, but also, I mean, this is a guy we've expected like big things out of, um, and we just haven't seen it. So Denver's receiving core in general, where they were drafted to you know, where they are now is an absolute abomination um, this year in fantasy football. And it's unfortunate because I don't think it's necessarily their fault. Uh, I'm going to lean to a guy you and I discussed before this podcast, if we were going to incorporate injuries into this discussion, I didn't really want to only because we can't project injuries. Um, Obviously it's been a frustrating year. If you know, you once again took Christian McCaffrey first overall, but when he was healthy, he was awesome. Right. Um, So I'm going to take one 
Allen Robinson, who we briefly mentioned earlier in the podcast, all offseason long. You know, we we thought we had seen enough of the sample size dating all the way back to 2014. Yep. Allen Robinson has just played with less than stellar quarterbacks. And we thought going into the season, whether it was Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, these are probably some of the better quarterbacks that he's played with right. in recent years. And yet here we are, we are, and he's only played 11 games this year. He has 36 catches 62 on 62 targets for a total of 388 yards. He's found <laughs> the end zone just one time. Do you know how many times Allen Robinson has recorded more than 40 receiving yards this year? Three? Yes. Is it three? Good guess. Yeah, it is three. I was looking at his I'm looking at his game log and I'm trying to think of like how many times did this guy register just more than ten points in PPR formats? And I'm looking at just one? Twice. Twice? I that's I would I would have taken the under on two. I mean, well, it was back in week two uh, against the Bengals. He had two catches on four targets for 24 yards, but he found a touchdown. That's 10.4 points at full PPR. Uh, November 8th against the Steelers, four catches for 68 yards, 10.8 points. He never recorded 11 points in PPR formats. This is like, this is, so he's definitely number one because he was being drafted by Metcalf, Jefferson. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to take you, CD Lamb, I mean, not that CD Lamb was great and is not in the stratosphere of like the Justin Jeffersons this year, but like still, right? I mean, anybody with a pulse was better. Uh, uh, any of the Bengals receivers were like rounds four and five. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, man. That is a tough, and I did have Allen Robinson quite a bit. Cal, him and Calvin Ridley, like we, you know, they were both in that cut. It was like Metcalf, Hopkins, Ridley, Jefferson, um, and C.D. Lamb were all in that late first to early third window, and obviously Jefferson was the best of them. And then Metcalf scored three touchdowns to like completely just. Whoever was in front of him is no longer in front of him in that group. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely a disappointing year from Allen Robinson. I guess, Dan, here's my question to you, okay? Where do you think, like, where are you comfortable with? Like, let's say Allen Robinson, I don't even know his contract situation, but let's say he's in Chicago and Justin Fields is obviously under center. We know Nagy's long gone. Like, where are you okay with drafting Allen Robinson next year? Um, <clears throat> is this an aberration? Like, I guess I'm asking: Is this you don't have to add, you don't have to actually like give me a round? Is this an aberration season? Is really the question I'm asking. I mean, I'm more inclined to say it's bit. it's certainly an outlier, just because it's not where, what we're used to seeing. And he missed some time with injury, sure. But he like, stunk. He stunk. It's we're prisoners of the moment so many times. And so what's going to linger with people is how bad he was this year. But, you know, obviously we've seen far greater performances from him than we have that. It's just but we're just going to look back to this year because it's it's recency bias. So I think I would be fine taking him fifth or sixth round. I think late fifth, early sixth seems fair. He'll be uh, 29. He'll be 29 next year starting the year. Yeah, that's still fine. Like, he's still Super in his prime. In his prime. Um, 
Calvin Ridley, I think, is an interesting one because he wasn't hurt, but obviously right. he dealt with, um, you know, some some mental issues. And so if right. you took him and he stepped in, you know, obviously you drafted him with a great draft pick, expecting him to be a top five wide yep. receiver. Um, when he was on the field, he was great. You know, yep. he had double-digit targets in four or five games. His The least amount of targets he had was eight. He had at least four catches in every game, found the end zone twice. Didn't really pop off for any huge games by any means, but, you know, the volume was still volume. there for him. Yep. And so while he didn't get hurt either, like, he had some personal things he was dealing with on the side. Um, so for him, if he goes back to the Falcons and Matt Ryan's still there, um, I don't know, I could probably still see using, like, a third or a fourth Probably third. I don't think Ridley would make it to the fourth. But for Allen Robinson, if he's there in the fifth, I'd be totally fine. Take him next year. You get another year. Assuming he's still with the Bears, you get another year of you know Justin Fields just growing right. into an NFL quarterback who has looked better as the season has progressed. Right. Once he's gotten more comfortable just knowing, like, hey, I'm a great athlete. I can run and create plays on my own. Um, but, yeah, obviously a, a massive disappointment and not what we were expecting from A-Rob this year. Uh, do you want to get to your believe it or not? Yeah, I got one, and it's a simple one, Dan, and I and I think um, we're going to circle back to my MVP. And I mentioned there are records on the line, Dan. For the NFL record for receptions and yards, Cooper Cup needs 11 receptions and 135 yards to tie the record of each. Um, do you believe that Cooper Cup breaks none? One or both of those records currently held um, by Calvin Johnson? Uh, I'll say he breaks. Who do they play next week? It's got to be a divisional opponent. They got 49ers. Um, yeah, I'll say he does it. Like, I know there's going to be some concern with the Rams, obviously, with how Matthew Stafford has looked the last few weeks. Um, but there's significant incentive here. Uh, they can't get the uh, first round buy in the NFC. Did Green Bay lock that up? Green Bay, yeah, Green Bay already locked it up. So what are they? What can they play for at this point? I mean, if they win, they still lock up the two seed, uh, which would be significant home field advantage uh, right. for the first couple rounds, I imagine. Um, yeah, I want to say I'm. At, I'll go bold and say that like, he breaks both. They still have plenty to play for this week. Uh, San Francisco is going to give him a competitive game because San Francisco is also sitting in the sixth seed. Uh, yeah, they have to win because Arizona uh, is four and one in their division, and I'm pretty sure. Did they split? They split, so it's one one, and then their Arizona has the tiebreaker because their divisional record, I think. So like they are playing for. And Arizona's playing Seattle, I guess. Yeah, and they need to win that. They both need to win that, those games. Yeah, I mean, I'll say he does it. Uh, part of me is concerned that if it becomes a blowout and, San Fran- and the Rams are winning comfortably, that they could rest him and other starters in the second half. I don't think that happens against San Francisco, though. Right. I'm surprised this game wasn't flexed, well, at least into the Saturday night slot, was it? Um, No, they're playing... Sunday afternoon? Sunday afternoon. The Seattle game's 425... The Rams are at 425. So, yeah, I'll say he breaks both records. Uh, they still have plenty to play for this week. Um, yeah, like, 
Is it, it's two thousand yards is still on the table too for him, right? Or yeah, yeah, does yeah, he need yeah. A huge game for that. Yeah, I say it breaks both records. Yeah, that's what the he. Now, and I don't have not, a problem if I'm wrong either. I'm rooting to see a historic performance. So now he said he came out and said um. Uh, he came out and said that he need to separate the records because this will be an over an eighteen game season. Um, so he's just being nice. To Calvin Johnson because yeah, Eastern Washington. You know, I know he's just yeah yeah. As uh, sh- shout out Antonio Brown currently sitting courtside at Nets Brooklyn. <laughs> I just Nets saw that tweet. <laughs> uh, but Grande, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we will be back next week just to wrap up Week 18 uh, for the last podcast of the year. So uh, Grande, best of luck to you if you're playing in Week 18, whether it's DFS. Um, Follow Grande uh, for some NBA advice, by the way. He's been crushing it this past week. Um, Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation.